Let's pray. Jesus, thank You so much for tonight. Thank You that we are in Your presence, that You're ministering in our hearts. And I pray that the seeds which are sown tonight will take root and that we will continue to live a life that brings glory to Your name, that we will continue to shine our light and we will continue to be the children You've called us to be. Father, I thank You that You've called each and every single person here, every individual, every son and daughter of God. Father, I thank You that You want to use them to see Your plans come to fruition, Lord. I thank You for their colleagues. I thank You for their family members. I thank You for their friends who are going to come to know Jesus because they're building their life on You. So Father, we praise You for who You are. We praise You for the greatest miracle of salvation. And we thank You that we get to do this as we commit this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Give someone a high five or Bluetooth high five or a sneaky little nod if they're from a distance. Is everyone good? Did you guys have a blessed week? Come on, what a, what a, what a great way to start your week at church. Amen? Amen, amen. Well, we're going to jump straight into things. Uh, before we do that, I want to encourage any parents who have young people to bring them to Rise Camp. I'm going to, we're going to plug it. I promise you it's going to be the best thing for them. They're going to have the best time, but they're also going to be in God's presence. They're going to build solid friendships with guys on camp. It really is just going to be amazing. It's an investment into them. So please bring them. It's going to be the best camp ever. And all the young people said, amen. and you all said amen because you're all young, right? There you go. There you go. You guys are all young, spring chickens. But uh, we are going to, we, we, we're starting our brand new series. Uh, it's called Built to Last. And uh, it's really a series which is extremely exciting, but it's also very important. So don't skip church. You want to make sure that you get to church over the next four weeks, morning and evenings, because we're going to be speaking into areas which are so important for us to build our life upon so that we can be the sons and daughters God has called us to be in a world that is so turbulent. In a world that is crazy, we need to be rooted, grounded people who are built on the rock which God has called us to build on. And we're gonna, I'm gonna share a scripture and you, you're probably gonna hear this scripture a lot in the series, but it's really the foundation of what we're believing for as we go into the next four weeks. And this is what it says, Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey, obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come, the winds beat against that house and it will collapse with a mighty crash. And tonight we're going to be speaking into building our identity in Christ. We're building our identity in Christ. And the reason why we believe that that's such an important topic and area to speak into is because people label people. We live in a world where you can identify as so many different things. 
We live in a world where people speak things over you. We live in a world where it could be teachers or friends or, or random strangers who label you as something. And because they've labeled you with that, as that, you identify that that is true for you. It could be social media. You can read a post. It can be the news. It can just be a crazy amount of information that we believe. And because we believe it, we label ourselves as that. You could find your identity in your career. You could say, oh, I'm just the accountant, or I'm just the teacher, or I'm just the lawyer, or I'm just the computer programmer. That's, that's what I am. But you've labeled yourself. But that is not who we have been called to be. That is not who we have been called to identify as. We are sons and daughters of Christ. And this is what it says in John 1, verses 10 to 13. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came as his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It says in Galatians 2 verse 20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those scriptures teach us that we are who we belong to. And we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he says that we are his sons and daughters. That is where we need to find our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He has saved us. You see, in the moment that you found Jesus, in the moment that you gave your life, in the moment you accepted Him and prayed the salvation prayer, you were justified in that moment. You were justified to be His sons and daughters. You were justified to be adopted into the body of Christ. You were justified to declare that your identity is found in who He says you are, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. We are no longer people of this world. We are people who have been saved by Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in the labels of this world. Our identity is in who God declares us to be. Anointed, called, blessed. We've got purpose and we've got incredible plans that God wants to use us in seeing His kingdom move forward. We prayed that in the beginning because I believe it. Sons and daughters of the Most High. But part of identifying as his children, part of identifying as his son and his daughter, it works in tandem with something else. To identify in Jesus, we have to make sure that we are people of integrity. If we declare that our identity is found in Jesus, we have to make sure that we live a life of kingdom integrity. Because that's who we declare we belong to. We we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, we spoke about whether you build your house on the rock or the sand. If we can imagine sand for a second, the integrity of sand is loose. 
their integrity of sand is in such a way that it is literally impossible to build a permanent structure where that sand is. Sand is not designed for things to be built on. But if you look at the rock which Jesus was speaking about, it's a firm, solid integrity. It's a a foundation that we can build on. But not only build on, we can build upon from level to level to level. And that foundation, because its integrity is strong, it's intact, it's solid, means that we can build exactly how God has called us to build. Integrity matters in this world. Integrity matters in our relationship with Jesus. We have to live with the kingdom integrity. Now, just a quick question. Has anyone heard of the Japanese company called Nakata? Has anyone heard about it? Anyone heard of Nakata? No, you haven't. That's right. Now, you're going to see a picture of a car come up on the screen. Now, that's a Honda, as you can see. Nakata was a company that would build and install seatbelts and airbags into cars. That was their job. And they installed airbags and seatbelts into that specific model of Honda. Now, Honda identified that car and that model as one of their best cars. And the reason I know that is because it sold just over 144 million cars in that specific model. It's a lot of cars. Can we all agree? So they rolled these cars out. They sold them. They identified this car as a great car, great for family, fuel efficient, safe. It's the best car you're ever going to purchase. But then some things started to happen. In fact, people were getting into accidents and were being killed, not because of the impact, but because the airbags in in how they were installed and built were exploding and the shrapnel was piercing the people in front of it. Those airbags killed six people. Not the collision, but the airbag exploding. Now, for all intents and purpose, the identity of that car was a great car. But the integrity of how that car was built meant that how it was identified was completely false. In fact, there's still a process going on where those cars are being recalled. At the moment, there's between 65 and 70 million of those cars which have been called back because they are unsafe to drive. They are unreliable. It isn't what it was said it was. It's not a safe car. It's not good for your family. It's not good to drive long distances because the airbag's probably going to kill you. That company went bankrupt because of the lawsuits that were filed against it. And today, in 2023, the recall started in 2014. They are still finding cars that are, there, that are being recalled back so that people are safe. What does that teach us? We can identify as something, but our integrity keeps, that in our, keeps us in that identity. When we live a life of integrity, we are living the way God has called us to live. We are living spirit-led. We're living a way which decisions we make, the thoughts we think, the friendships we have, the relationships we seek are bringing glory to God. Our integrity speaks about where our identity lies. If our identity is in sons and daughters of Christ, our integrity 
has to tell the world that we belong to Him. Our integrity tells the world who we belong to. By the way we speak, by the way we act, by the way we think, by the way we shine our light, by the way we are an example of Christ's love. Integrity is so important in building an identity as sons and daughters of God. So I want to ask you tonight, how is your integrity? And it's a challenging question. It's a challenging question for me too. We aren't perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And if you're sitting here saying, I am perfect, it means that you're not perfect because you're lying to yourself. The Apostle Paul struggled with this too. He was a man who was called by God. He had an experience, a life-changing experience with Jesus where he declared who he was, that he was called by God to do incredible works for him. He was a son of God, yet he struggled with these things. We struggle with these things, but the most important thing is we keep building our integrity. We said it, I said it earlier, you were justified in a moment to be adopted into the body of Christ. But in that moment of justification, something else began. It's sanctification. And sanctification is the process. Not the immediate effect, it's the process. It's the lifelong process of becoming more and more like Jesus every single day. And the more we become like Jesus through sanctification, the more our integrity grows as his sons and daughters. This is a process. This is a journey. And Paul experienced it. In Romans 7 verses 14 to 23, this is what he said. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I really don't understand for myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know, but if, if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, am I not really the one doing wrong? It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. This is a journey that we go on. It's a journey where we make a decision every single day to be people of integrity, where we wake up every morning and make a decision that we are not going to live in the flesh, but we are going to live in the Spirit. We're going to live in the leading and the power and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And by His grace, He will lead us and help us to make decisions of integrity as sons and daughters of God here on earth. We are called to be people of integrity. But I also want to encourage you one of the greatest privileges being in ministry is seeing genuine life change every single Sunday. 
One of the greatest privileges is seeing someone who comes to church for the first time, completely lost, completely broken. They've got a worldly mindset. They make decisions which definitely don't bring glory to God, but they walk into His presence. And ex experiencing His love for the first time, they make the greatest decision they ever made, accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then all of a sudden, they go on this journey where they come to church and they join View Group and, and they start to serve. That person who walked in for the first time, we will never see that person again. We see a person who gets stronger and stronger and stronger. We see a person who makes decisions that bring glory to Jesus because the Holy Spirit is working inside of them. They are people of integrity because God has called them to be His sons and daughters. So even... When you get a chance this week, reflect on how far you've come. Remember the day, the greatest day of your life when you gave your life to Jesus for the first time. And think about the decisions you used to make then that you no longer make because God is working inside of you. As His sons and daughters, there's this transformation that's happening. There's a sanctification that's happening. Where we used to live in the flesh, we now live in the spirit and the strength that comes from that because there's a transformation that takes place. Seriously, when you have time, just reflect and remember where you've come from and give glory to God because you will never be that person again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you will never be that person again because your identity is rooted and built as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And sanctification is working inside of you where we will be people of integrity and people will see that there's something different about us because God is doing a work. It says in Galatians 5 verse 13 to 18, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't let your freedom, uh, sorry, don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring each other, watch out. Be aware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And then the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But you will be directed by the Spirit. You are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. The Holy Spirit will guide us. The Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will equip us to be people of strong kingdom integrity. But we've got to make sure that we are waking up and walking in the spirit that has been promised to us. So how can we grow our integrity as sons and daughters? I want to encourage us to implement and build and build upon spiritual disciplines in our life. People, have, if you read up on spiritual disciplines, people go, well, spiritual disciplines, if you're not careful, can become legalistic. These disciplines are something that you tick off in the morning. Okay, I've read my Bible, I've prayed for five minutes, I've, I've listened to the same worship songs for the last two years, and I'm gonna start my day. It becomes legalistic. But spiritual discipline is not about being legalistic. 
It's about putting things in place to make sure that we are connecting with God every single day. In fact, spiritual disciplines says this, I'm doing this so that I can please God. Legalism says, I'm doing this so that I can get something from God. Spiritual disciplines puts us in a place and sets us up to do the things that pleases God. That's why they're so powerful. Because we want to live lives that brings glory to God. Every decision we make, every conversation we have, every thought that we have, every area of our life needs to bring glory to God. That's why spiritual disciplines are so important. Jesus says in John 15 verse 5, Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 17 verses 18 to 19, Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. They're sending us into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Sanctification. Without Jesus, we are nothing. With Jesus, we become holier and holier every single day. We become people of integrity where our light shines brighter every single day because we have identified as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So the first thing that I would like to share with you tonight in terms of spiritual disciplines is this. Immerse ourselves in God's Word. Immerse yourself in God's Word. Immerse. Immerse is big. It's extravagant. It's, it's huge. We, we got to make sure that we are taking the Word of God seriously in our life. Immerse ourselves in God's Word. Can I also ask that when you've got time to almost spend a week on Psalm 119, if I could, I would read the whole passage of Scripture. It would be here all night. But I want to read the first 16 scriptures and then 105. And this is what it says about God's word. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey the laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commands and reflect your ways, and I will delight in your decrees, and I will not forget your word. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If we want to be people who are rooted in our identity and people of integrity, the Word of God is so important. It teaches us. It guides us. It shows us. It's the best piece of advice you're ever going to read. It's the greatest book that was ever written. 
It's alive. It's gonna speak to you. It's gonna speak to your situations. It's gonna speak to your decisions. It's gonna speak to your emotions. It's gonna speak to the relationships that you find yourself in. And it's gonna help you make decisions of integrity. It's gonna help you live a life of integrity as sons and daughters of Jesus. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. John 6 verse 33 says, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We have to immerse ourselves Word of God. Immerse ourselves in the Word of God. The second spiritual discipline that I would encourage us to do daily is to ask God to align our hearts to a healthy fear of Him. I say that again. We've got to ask God to align our hearts to a healthy fear for Him. Psalm 86, verses 11 to 13. Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give you glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. The fear of God is where we get all the wisdom that we need. It's a healthy fear. It's going, I don't want to live outside of what God has for me. And that fear teaches us to make decisions of integrity, to make decisions to stay in the purpose and plan and presence of God every single day. He will give us wisdom. He's given us the Holy Spirit to, to lead us in those situations so that we can stay in the purpose that He has for us as His sons and daughters. We have to have a healthy fear of God to give us the wisdom to make decisions of integrity, to have thoughts of integrity, relationships of integrity, actions of integrity, so that we can bring glory to His name. It's a healthy fear. Number three, every day we have to live moment by moment in the reality of God's presence. Psalm 139 verse 7 to 12 says, and the worship team can come up please. Oh, beat me to it. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. You are the night to you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. An important spiritual discipline that we have to apply to our lives is making sure that we are living in the reality of today. Sometimes we can make the most uncalculated decisions of our life in fear of the future, in fear of the unknown. The future will freak us out so much that we make decisions that don't bring glory to God. But today is the perfect day to be obedient to God. Today is the perfect day to be people who serve God. Today is the perfect day to be people of integrity who make decisions that are gonna bring glory to His name. The worst thing we can do is to miss out on the reality of God's presence today. 
If we go, I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm going to do it the next day or I'm going to do it in a month's time, we're going to miss out on what He has for us today as His sons and daughters. We make uncalculated emotional decisions in the fear of the future and the unknown. Let's live in today. God's given us perfect opportunities to be people of integrity today. By His Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us today. Tomorrow is going to come. But let tomorrow come tomorrow. Let us be people of integrity today. In Jesus' name. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Understand that today is the perfect day and that you have all the wisdom you need for it by the grace of God to be people of integrity. Lastly, the spiritual discipline of constantly coming back to Jesus. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If you study that, rest clearly means that He will give you strength. We have to constantly come back to Jesus with the decisions of our life. We have to constantly come back to Jesus with the relationships in our life. We have to constantly bring back those thoughts that aren't bringing Him glory so that He can give us the strength. We've got to constantly come back to Jesus every single day. Because in coming back to Jesus, He will give us rest and He will give us strength and He will give us grace and He will give us anointing and He will give us understanding and He will give us wisdom and He will give us everything we need to be people of integrity today. May we come back to Jesus every day. Not once a week, not Sunday at 6 p.m., but we have been graced to come back to Jesus every day so that He can shape us, so that He can equip us, so that He can mold us, so that He can allow us to be the sons and daughters He's called us to be because our identity is in Him. Can I ask if we close our eyes? Maybe you are sitting here tonight, a friend invited you, or maybe you just came by yourself and you know that you are sitting in your seat tonight and you are far from Jesus. And your identity is in your career, your identity is in your illness, your identity is in your depression or your anxiety, your identity is in what your parents have spoken over you or your friends have spoken over you. Your identity might be in things that are causing you so much pain and so much hurt, but tonight's the night that you wanna put your identity into Jesus because He's calling you to come back to Him. You were created by God. He saw you before you were even born. He wants you to put your identity into Him, to put your life into Him, to put your purpose into Him, to put your plans 
into Him, to put your future into Him, to put your today into Him so that you can live a life of integrity, life-giving integrity, making decisions that are going to bring Him glory. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you and strengthen you, to help you make decisions that are going to bring Him glory. If you are sitting here tonight and you want to put your identity into Jesus, if you want to make the greatest decision to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, it's the greatest decision I ever made. I was never the same. Every person who's made that decision, their life has never been the same. Their thoughts have never been the same. Their decisions have never been the same because Jesus is working inside of them. Sanctification is happening. If you know that you need to put your identity in Jesus, on the count of three, I want to ask you to put your hand up. Everyone's eyes are closed. This moment's between you, it's between Jesus. On the count of three, if you want to make the greatest decision you've ever made by putting your identity into Him. One, two, three. Do you want to put your hand up? We've got a hand in the back. We've got a hand in the middle. We've got a hand in the middle. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? We've got a hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to take this moment to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't miss out. This is the perfect opportunity right now to declare Him as your Lord and Savior, to put your identity to Him. Last call, is there anyone else? No one's looking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, we're going to pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for who you are. Tonight, I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. And I've fallen short, I've made mistakes, and I pray that you forgive me, Jesus. Tonight, I declare that I put my identity into you and I give my life to you. I pray that you keep me, that you guide me, that you show me your ways. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Jesus. Can I, can I pray for us? Is that okay? Father, thank you so much for this series. Thank you that you've given us tools, you've given us ways that we can build upon you to last, that we can build upon you to stay strong, that we can build upon you to not waver, we can build upon you to constantly be in a relationship, Father. So Father, I thank you for every single person here. I pray that they will continuously connect with you, Holy Spirit, to live a life of integrity as they have declared that their identity is in you. Father, I pray that every decision, every thought that they make will give you glory. They will lead closer to you, but that they would also be a light to so many others around them. Father, I declare that our church will be known as a church of integrity by the sons and daughters you've called to this house. As I declare this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Come on, let's show Matt some love. Awesome. So remember, the series that we're focusing on is Build to Last. You and I want to build on the rock. Building on the rock can be hard because it shapes us. But when the storm comes, we have peace in our life. We have peace in our homes. So let's honor Matt one more time. Thanks so much for that message.